I do have something to get off my chest. I'm happy you're here, Sean, because I used to idolize you. Hell, we all used to idolize you. Emphasis on the used to. You had a chance to write your ticket. You had a chance to go off into the sunset as the greatest performer of all time. And what did you do? Every single chance you got, you shuffled back out here and waved to the crowd. It was embarrassing. It was as embarrassing as those wannabe legends last night, as embarrassing as Goldberg in a wrestling ring. You were embarrassing. I'm gonna tell you something that no one else around here has the guts to say to your face. You were embarrassing. I'm not going to disagree with you. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed. But you want to know something? What's more embarrassing to me is working your whole career, giving everything you've got, and still left with nothing except being known as a second-rate Shawn Michaels wannabe. Ho, 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 he said it! He went there, Tom! Uh, oh! Oh, it's in the... Oh, super kick to HBK! Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, Josh Custodio. and that's it for the episode this week folks there it is uh Uh, do you know what made that noise bad man that was a little noise maker that you got from a party goodie bag yeah what do you call this i get it's like uh it's sort of like a kazoo i guess yeah it's it's not it's it's like uh shaped like a pair of lips and it's got a fan in it so when you blow it the fan starts going I'm obsessed with this thing. Yeah, it's a little noisemaker. It's very silly. And uh, I, I wasn't allowed to look at you throughout the entirety of that <laughs> intro for fear that you would burst out laughing I, from me smiling at looking at you with that thing in your mouth. I did have the giggles really bad right before we started recording. I don't know what it is this week, but I need it, J-Mo. I'm, I need you to bring me to life this week because yeah. I am descending into sickness. I can feel it. Yeah, you're getting that classic summer cold. You, I don't know. Are you joking and saying it's a, a classic? No, because I get yeah. one every year, too. What I, is that? I've avoided it so far, and you know why I think I have that? is that it hasn't really felt like summer that's exactly it's, it we haven't really had summer it's been yet. spring it's yeah. been a lengthy spring which is good like we had a massive lightning storm earlier this week yeah tuesday and typically in years past that would be a major cause for concern yep you would see the rain and you'd think oh good we need this and then you'd see the lightning and be like oh this ain't no good that's gonna be fires that's gonna be fires up and down the province has that been fires up and down the province, though, Josh? As far as I know, no fires up and down the province. That's as far as I know as well, which is a good thing, but it's also a sign that, like, it's been more wet than not so yeah, far no, it's in true. this summer. And that's 
you know, I got no qualms with that. I have some qualms. But but listen, I'm one of these guys, there's there's no pleas in me, you know what I mean? Okay. Because I can be too hot, yeah. but I also love the heat. Like, I love the beach, I love the water, I like hanging out at these places, but I don't feel encouraged. To, there's just like a very small window where I'm game for it. Okay. It's like the, the, the mid-20s to high 20s. As soon as it's like bridging, it's like, oh, it's 32 out, it's like, oh, too hot for the beach. I, I think the summer is going to slam you come Toronto. <laughs> Nicely done. Because when we go to Toronto in no. two weeks... yeah. Like the, the, is that out, two weeks? out east, from what I can tell, is just getting hammered right now. Like what kind of like are they getting drunk or it's very hot? And it's very hot. Fuck. Like New York City right now is having rolling blackouts because it's too hot for electric for their electrical grid to oh work. Oh my lord! Do you do you know what kind of temperatures we're talking about? I don't know. Like, but what can I expect? Like in Toronto? Toronto, like Ontario and Quebec, like Montreal to an extent as well. Yeah. It's it's a very wet, humid heat, and yeah. I think the Great Lakes have something to do with that. I've been to Montreal during the summer, and it was like you could cut through the air. Yeah. Like, it was swampy. Like, you get out of the shower, and you just uh, turn around and head right back into the shower. That's exactly why correct. I, why? Oh, boy. I don't. I just looked up the temperature in Toronto. I don't like it. What is it? I'm just saying I don't like it. Let me see It's it. 28 uh, right now. Well, okay. Well, we had a day earlier this week that was 29. It's, no, but here in warm days, but it's not wet heat. That's right. what I mean. It's a different heat. 29 here isn't 29 there. Mm-hmm. And welcome to Top Marks, the world's greatest weather podcast, it's true. as it turns out. You like talking about the weather, Madman? I do a little bit. It yeah. turns out, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I really thought I was gonna have to get you back uh, in gear today because uh, I know that you were a little bit upset earlier today. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I've never been mad online. To be clear, I just want that to be out of the way. Yeah. But yeah, I was. My I w- goat was gone. I was intentionally saying things to make you angry. Well, not just you in the chat, and you told me it was not working. Yeah. Uh, but then five minutes later, you had to recuse yourself from yeah. chatting online. Well, to, to excuse yourself I, you weren't making me mad okay. i said you said josh i'm trying to make him mad and i said it's not working and then some others who will remain unnamed like doug craft mm. at lorenzo meow our guy and some others He's now at doug craft oh right right to increase the branding so some other people who are remaining anonymous matt rainus chief amongst them guys like that you know low lifes these kind of people yeah, people that i am currently in a feud with real st- in top marks wrestling <laughs> in a triple threat at SummerSlam. josh custodio Doug Crap and Matt Reynas. Real so, scum of the earth who will remain nameless. Do you like think those Doug t- Crap and Matt <laughs> Do you think those two realized that it was because of our feud that I was doing that? Oh, or, is no. this, or is this lost on them? Oh, it might have been lost on them. It was lost on me. You can't work a worker <laughs> and you can't shoot a shooter. Because nobody's been cutting promos yet in the Top Marks Fed. Well, I'm the only one who has. These cowards. But they saw mine and they thought, okay, time to recess. Yeah, they're, maybe, they're scared. Maybe i got to wade into this promo game at some point. But well, I, I haven't had a marquee match. Maybe that will all change at some Slap. Of course, what we're referring to, JMO, is our Patreon predictions pool, the Top Marks Wrestling League, which, of course, you can join by heading over to patreon.com slash topmarks, throwing $5 in the hat. You gets us into our group DM. Well worth it. Where all of this was going down today. You can come get my goat. You can come talk about how WWE Evolution is the best main roster pay-per-view of 2018, <laughs> in correct opinion. You're welcome to say all those things and get my reaction in real time and get into the Top Marks Wrestling prediction pool. Have your chance. Get yourself a chance at my Top Marks Wrestling heavyweight title. Do the thing at patreon.com slash topmarks. Well, I'm just glad we could get you feeling some emotions this afternoon. Why is that? Because I know, you know, your your favorite sports team oh. has not been getting any sort of feelings out of you. Well, that's not true. You know, tip- <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's not true. Yes, correct. I, I misspoke there. But 
you know, uh, typically you, you're uh, we talk about the movies that we go to at the end of the show yeah. during the banter zone. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. It was a slow wrestling you, week. <laughs> you and I went and saw a, a great film last night, The yes. Art of Self-Defense, that yeah. we both very much enjoyed. My favorite movie this year. And I, I loved that you reached out to me last night because I was planning to go to this movie on my own anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, happy to have a pal who wants to come of course, with. Yep. But the magnitude of your invitation didn't hit me until I was on my way to the theater. <laughs> and why is that? Because I, you know, as I'm grabbing my Costco hot dog before I walk over to see the film. Delicious meal. You know, all the people who are around me in the line at Costco and all the people who are pouring <laughs> yeah. out of the SkyTrain station, mm-hmm. they all had something in common. Yeah, what were they wearing? They were all wearing <laughs> white caps. Jerseys. And who are the Whitecaps? The Whitecaps are our Major League Soccer team here yes, in Vancouver. The Vancouver Whitecaps and, FC. And you are a season ticket holder. Of six years. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you are one of the more passionate, dedicated Whitecaps people I know. Yeah. They were playing for the Canadian Championship last <laughs> night. Correct. Against a team in the CPL, the <laughs> Calgary Cavalry. Who and again, for those of you who don't follow the leagues, a league under MLS. Yes. yes. A league below. It would be like if a ECHL team beat an NHL team. Team, That's basically. correct. Um, and that happened. And and you knew it was going to happen, I which knew is it. why we went to the movies instead of sitting in your chair. It's just uh, the entirety, the entire time that like trailers were rolling before the movie, <laughs> yeah. as much as I was like, no, that looks good. And a lot of the movies that we saw trailers for did look good. True. Uh, I couldn't get over the idea that, like, what's he doing here? <laughs> yeah, My man. guy's already paid for a seat over at BC Place, and I don't think he gave it away. It's no. just sitting empty. Well, and, uh, what if I told you even further, Matt and Derek, the two f- friends of ours who I have season tickets with, neither of them were in attendance either. And none of you gave your tickets away. Not a, three empty Who are you going to give them to? Yeah, it's Apparently true. Apparently there was 3,000 people in the arena last night. 3,000? Well, that's, that's what I heard. It? That's what I heard. My goodness. So, yeah, I mean, I... I I don't want to make this into a soccer podcast all of a sudden, although I would love to do one of those. But, yeah, I, I have no love for this team. The front office is terrible. The play is bad. We haven't won a game since May. Uh, it's it's grim as hell. So, yeah, I was out for drinks with my friend Stabe, and I was like, oh, I'll walk to the game. And then I was like, you know what? I'm having a great afternoon. I'm here drinking beers on a patio in the sun. My mood is high. Why am I going to go sit and watch us lose to fucking Calgary when I could just go catch a movie? And I would have gone alone. And so I was like, well, I'll ask Justin. He lives nearby. And on yeah. half an hour's notice it, or whatever. It would have been hilarious if you hadn't invited me and we just bumped, bumped, into, bumped into each other going to the movies alone. I would have loved that. Yeah. Because that would have happened. I was going to go see yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I did not uh, attend my season's ticket yesterday. It was, I think, the first time that I've done that since, since being a season ticket holder. And you're out. You're not renewing. Now, you know what a mark I am, right? Yeah. You're, you're well aware of this. If, if there was some sort of promise of future... The, our tickets are cheap enough that I could be convinced doing it again. And let's be clear on something. You are one of the most devoted fans. Thank you. Uh, yeah. of, of not just the Whitecaps. When you like something, you really, really like I it. I engulf it. It becomes me. Like, I become it. Like you are the only person I know who has never had. A, a blank period, like where mm. you've gone away <laughs> yeah. from professional wrestling. It's like you, and I would say Mike Noble, but yeah. Mike doesn't watch WWE anymore. Sure, He's yeah. hit his breaking point. Yeah. You've never had a WWE breaking point. No, I don't. And, and the, the truth of the matter is, I don't even think I've been close. Yeah, so, <laughs> so for you to go through WWE from like 2006 to 2011 and yeah. be like, this is fine the entire time, <laughs> yeah. really says a lot about how bad the Whitecaps are right it now. It says it all, man. Although that said, if I had seasons tickets to Raw in 2009, I probably 
probably wouldn't be sitting there either. <laughs> but but that's that's just what I'm saying. Wow, what a week for Raw this yeah. week, though. Uh, yeah, for speaking those, of Raws of the past. Uh, it was, of course, uh, do you think this is going to be an annual thing, the, the Raw reunion? Um, I wouldn't mind it if it was, especially in the summertime when they kind of get into this sure. uh, slump phase where it's hard to, you know, we know when the season begins, mm-hmm. and that is in September when the NFL kicks up, and, yep. you know, when sports season starts is yeah. when the WWE starts to care about things. As soon as they have competition again. <laughs> exactly. When Monday Night Football is on the TVs, they start to take things seriously. That's exactly right. So when we are in this kind of doldrums, like, it, you know, I think there's been more things this year to keep you invested just in terms of, like changes to the product and trying to reinvigorate yep. um you know what goes on on television that have made things uh something to study certainly every mm-hmm. week if, even if you're not entertained by all of it true but yeah i i wouldn't object and i i would say this one was much better than raw 25 oh i mean yeah i i don't think there's really any debating that raw 25 was really bad i thought and it had some like truly bad segments i thought there was some and just a mess production wise having to skip between the two arenas yeah which is a shame because I mean, I'm sure I could listen back to the show and find out what I thought. But I remember thinking that I thought the two arenas was kind of a cool idea, that there was going to be like a throwback area and then a a main one. But it just ended up playing out so poorly. And, you know, we've talked in the last couple weeks here about what pausing your matches for commercial breaks Mm. does for the live crowd. Yeah. Imagine pausing your show to go to another (laughs) arena and then coming back to that same live crowd. Especially for the the smaller venue where it's like, oh, yeah, watch Undertaker's entrance and then watch a match over over yonder. And while that's happening in this arena, over in the other arena, you get treated to a Heath Slater match. Yay! (laughs) Now, I know that it's something of a mission statement of this show to some degree that we're not just a Raw and SmackDown recap show. No, not at all. But Raw Reunion feels like it needs reviewing like a pay-per-view in some respects Yeah, a little bit. I agree. Because there was some... I don't think... I saw some people acting like it was, you know, the worst thing going. I didn't feel that way about it. But there was some really bad stuff on here, I thought. Uh, Not not without some good things, too, though. I mostly enjoyed the show. Okay. And I will say, I saw a lot of people saying something, you know, similar to what you were saying about, can is this a sustainable thing that they can do every yeah. year? Because, you know, it's hard to drum up interest in returning faces that you haven't seen in forever when you did just see them last year. But, you know, we're coming up on August pretty fast here. Uh, Raw 25 was January of last year. Mm-hmm. And here's the big thing for me. What was, like, the number one draw was that Stone Cold yeah, Austin. Steve Austin will be in the ring to, you know, uh, issue a Cheers toast. To, yeah, yeah. Issue a toast to Monday Night Raw. Now, Austin was on Raw 25, but inexplicably, he never got to speak on that show. Yeah, he just stunned. He just stunnered Vince and Shane. Did he f- stun Vince at 25? Yeah. I don't even remember that. Look at that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, here was a better use I think of... Maybe it was just Shane. Maybe I'm wrong. I remember Austin or, or uh, McMahon sort of like putting Shane in front of him as a surrogate for to yeah. take the shot, but maybe Austin did end up doing it to Vince, too. I Either don't way, remember. all he did was drink beers and stun people. He yeah. didn't ever speak. Yeah. So, like, in that sense, this felt so, like something new. Like, this is what I wanted to see before is, like... Give the time to these guys to really talk about what this thing has meant to them. Do you want to start with Austin at the end of the show sure. and work our way backwards? Because I thought this was a tale of two cities with Stone Cold Steve Austin here. I mean, there's common complaints 
with the beginning of Austin's segment and the beginning of the show as well. Yeah. Which is once we got out of the, uh, you know, in-ring stuff at the start of the show, which we'll get back to that in a bit, but I thought the opening of the show was quite good. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, as soon as we get out of the ring area, we go backstage where Hulk Hogan is on TV uh. talking to the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I have no desire to see Hulk Hogan on television still. You don't know about uh, me? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was at a place last year or maybe six months ago. We did a review of WrestleMania 30 for the yeah. Patreon bonus episode. And I talked about how, like, maybe Hulkster does deserve to have a second chance at being a personality before he dies. Yeah. Because maybe it would be a shame for this man to just be in exile until death. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, how a lot of people have been with the company. And then it feels sad that they don't get this, like, second shot moment. Sure. The, like, the ultimate warrior moment. But then maybe it's good that they don't get that because ultimately, fuck ultimate warrior. Yeah, do you really want them, like, rinsed and redeemed in a way? No, not really. But like, I, I had... But Hogan isn't even good or interesting yeah, either. Yeah, I had, I had room in my heart, I thought. Right. To maybe bring Hogan back as like an authority figure, or sure. Something. And I saw him on TV, and I immediately knew I was wrong. Well, it, it, like I, I could almost talk about that separately. All of the the sex tape and the horrible racism and these, you know, just all of these things. I could almost put that aside and still say I don't want this guy on TV. Like, what is he bringing purely from like a wrestling entertainment standpoint? It's it's not new. It's not easy. He's wearing the red and yellow. He's cutting an identical promo. I thought next to Flair and Austin, he was absolutely lackluster compared mm-hmm. to them. I just I just don't know what I like. Even if you didn't have a problem, and I do have a big problem with all of this over here. What, what, what I don't want him there. What is he bringing to the table? It's not clear to me. Yeah, it's like watching an old man go to fantasy camp, basically. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Because he's not the Hulkster anymore. He for sure isn't. And we're just supposed to pretend that he is. And, and then... Like, uh, it was... It was doubly bad when he was on that Saudi Arabia show because it's like oh well, I hate Saudi Arabia and I hate the Hulkster so this is terrible but like even removing him from that context which I thought might improve things only seemed to worsen it yeah because it's like at least in Saudi Arabia there's a bigger villain <laughs> that's you know? absolutely true yeah, yeah there's no bigger villain on this show yeah there's Fuck Hulk Hogan. Was Hulk Hogan the biggest villain on the show tonight? Yeah, probably. Or on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Vince didn't appear. No Linda. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Linda McMahon, the biggest. She might be a bigger villain than anyone else she in might. the company. Yeah, she probably is. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I did a big interview last week. Hope she ends up in a wheelchair. With David Starr talking about unionization within pro wrestling. And if you want to talk about why unionization does not exist in pro wrestling, it's because of Hulk Hogan. Yep, true. It's because you know the Jesse Ventura yeah, story. Yeah, he ratted yeah. him out to Vince. <laughs> and then that, like, blacklisted Jesse. And Jesse hates the McMahons. But ne- but then you've got the Linda in her government position now trying to put those conditions as the conditions of every small business. Shocking. Trying to make it so that no small business recognizes their employees as employees. Yeah. Thank you, Linda. And that is like the biggest heel thing in all of life. Yeah, Linda. Well. We don't like you she here. She does not respect the power of workers in any industry. If Hogan dropped the leg on Linda, are you cheering? Ooh. 
Because not only is he attacking a woman, it's Hulk Hogan, but it's against someone dastardly. I'm not acting like this is an easy question. I feel bad putting you on the spot. No, no, it is a good one. But it, it is a perfect question in how difficult it is. Okay, is he <laughs> is he acknowledging any wrongness in his ways? Oh, is that's he a saying good question. this is for you, Jesse? Let's <laughs> let's Ventura say- brother, I was wrong. <laughs> Together we are more powerful. I'm going to say no. No. All that's happening here is Linda McMahon's cutting some promo about how we need no unions in wrestling, and the Hulkster comes out, hits a big boot, and drops the leg. Oh... <laughs> I'm so glad I stumbled him. Yeah, I wish you could see him, folks. This is a this is a tormented Madman really Morris right in front now. of me. He, yeah, I can see his brain bouncing I think, back. I think I would boo it. <laughs> I think it would be bad to me, even though I do agree that Linda yeah. is the biggest heel. Yeah. yeah, I think it would still be bad. Now, what if it was Austin stunning her? Because so he has then, the, that. No, I got no problems. With but that. he has the domestic abuse stuff. That's true. So, but. But he did ask for forgiveness. He admitted wrongness. There's some yeah, difference there. Yeah, he he has he has uh, acknowledged his the evilness of his ways. True. And he does. Here's the thing. Here's why I liked the Austin thing. Sure. Yeah. I know what really pushed it over the top for bad for you was that it, like no part of it was in character. Well, the, and that he was super corporate. It's like looking into the camera and like everybody at home. We're all members of the WWE family. I was like. My, my, I'm watching my childhood wither away oh, here. Oh, really? I don't know. I liked it. I felt like he was mostly very sincere. He's talking on TV. Uh, he's got 45 seconds before the hard out. Well, no, like, that part I like. TV's going to cut. He's talking about smoking weed with Jerry Briscoe in Yo, South uh, Africa. That's a minute of this six-minute promo I know, at I know, the I know, end. I'm talking about all the stuff when he thinks the promo ends. Yeah, I know, but I thought the whole thing came off as sincere. I know what you're talking about as far as like corporate speak, but I do believe him. When he said that he did not know what to say coming out here. Sure. And was told to just be himself, and that's what he did. And he incorporated a lot of himself into the patterns and cadence of a lot of his old promo beats, like doing the listing things for yep. the what and all that stuff, which I thought was... Like, it's just a treat to hear him on the mic in front of a live crowd. Oh, yeah, he's so good. And, right? like, I really enjoyed it. it even, was- even though... Like, even when he's talking about eating sushi with Hulk Hogan, I'm laughing because that's what Hulk is talking about on his sex day. <laughs> Can we talk? If we're going to bring this up with, with him, uh, and for those who didn't see, Stone Cold is uh, talking about, or rather talking about uh, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair who are on the stage behind him. And I, I wasn't the most comfortable with Ric Flair, what, two weeks out of being in the hospital, Austin being like, and we drank all the beers that were up late. There wasn't a drop of beer left for me and Rick to drink. I was like... Are we okay? Like, is this, do we need Ric Flair getting shit-faced right now? Yeah, probably not. That, that did occur to me in the moment. And I just don't need Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring, catching beers, smashing them together. Oh, hell yeah. And then telling me how the, the people in the back and the people at home and creative, we're all part of, a, of the family. And maybe it, it just came across I, to me. I missed later. this. I missed my brothers and sisters. It's, I don't know. There, I, this, th- th- that's... That is a reunion, though, right? Yep. Like, it is, even if you, it's it's saying the right thing, even if you don't entirely mean it. And so, like, I did, enj- uh, you know, if I can remove my Hogan feelings, yeah. I mostly did enjoy that promo. I mostly did enjoy hearing Austin wax nostalgic about all the good times he had with these people on the road and how much he misses them and misses this life. Fair enough. It's like, that's something that is, you know, 
you never get to hear about on a wrestling show because it's what? real. Because you never get – oh, on, on TV. But okay. Yeah, because it's real. Like, obviously, you can hear that in shoot interviews or whatever. But, like well, – I mean, any time a microphone is in front of a wrestler's face <laughs> outside of the ring, <laughs> it's about going up and down the road with the boys. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. For, for a show that was centered around all the faces we can bring back, I thought it was the perfect note to end on. It made me feel good. Who else stood out to you for the positive on the show of the legends? Because I think there's probably we share some of the negative stuff. But was anybody else uh, a shining star for you who was a guest? Uh, not really. Can I, I throw a name out there? I did really think John Cena was oh, tremendous. Yeah. It's hard to think of him in that alumni light now. Though. Yeah. Well. I know he's not on. He, f- he felt like it to me on Monday a bit. Really? Well, he, especially when he like acknowledges, like, I know I'm not here as much anymore, like, and, and I probably won't be, but this place... Yeah, it's know. true. It did feel extra special to get a Doctor of Thugonomics-style promo. And a great line, too. Yeah, and, and then one of the Usos gets arrested for a DUI yeah, that three did, days later. Yeah, aged pretty poorly over the well, 72 hours. Yeah, maybe it was just at the hotel with Austin and Rick all night. <laughs> yeah, that's around home the side of the drive. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, a lot of legends on this show, a lot of poor Drake Maverick getting treated like shit, but there was one star who returned to the big time and decided to put a, a full-time guy over. Something you it's almost true. never see in this sort of situation. When there's one guy who goes into the middle of the ring and he goes, they, they asked me to, to present my favorite moment on Raw, and here it is. And of course, I'm talking about Mick Foley, and he's winning the title with the help of Austin in that famous clip, the biggest pop of all time. And that clip gets interrupted <laughs> by The Fiend once more. Bray Wyatt is here dressed in his horrifying mask, and he hits Mick Foley with what, J-Mo? He hits him with the mandible claw. Puts that glove all the way down McFoley's mouth and puts him unconscious, so to speak, in the middle of the mat. Passing the finisher to him is how it came across to me. Mm-hmm. All of these guys come out here and they want look look at the fucking DX and click segment and then look at McFoley. Yeah, I mean, well, what I will say is, um, I I heard uh, X Pac had Scott Hall on his podcast this week. Okay, and they both issue uh, said that they voiced concern in the back when they were told what they were going to be doing on the show, that they did not want to bury the club. Well, (laughs) they were like, can we not bury these guys? And they were told, no, this is what we're going to do. Well, I wish they wouldn't have, but, but, I, I can't say enough good things about Mick Foley here. I think the Mandible Claw is perfect for the Fiend wearing the gloves and whatnot. Okay. I had said on last week's show how I would like the Fiend and Bray Wyatt to have separate finishers. I would and you love... got what you wish like, yeah. immediately. Well, who knows? Because the, the Fiend did hit the Sister Abigail the week before, but I would mm-hmm. love if the Sister Abigail stays with Bray and the Mandible Claw is for the Fiend. I thought that whole segment totally worked. And did you see Bray Wyatt's tweet afterwards? I did, yeah. Yeah, but for those of you who didn't, basically he apologizes to Mick Foley, sort of tongue-in-cheek, because now he's Bray Wyatt, the family funhouse guy. But then he says, more importantly, thank you. And I thought that was just really wonderful and heartwarming. And, and I thought, you know what? As if, as if we couldn't do an entire podcast talking about the greatness of Mick Foley. Can I put you on the spot here? Uh-oh. Because I know that you have a problem with Kevin Owens hitting the stunner. Yes. So what is the difference between that and giving the mandible claw to Bray Wyatt. Oh, I, I can easily answer that. The The stunner is the most iconic finisher in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Mick Foley has multiple finishers. Like, I don't even know the mandible claw comes to mind because he only does it, not only does it before these people come at me, early mankind is not using this move. You know, this is a, a development post, not po- only post Socko, but popularized once he can't hit the double arm anymore. We also saw this week... Um, 
uh, Apollo Crews hitting the angle yeah. slam during his match on. It was Smash a good angle slam. Na- uh, Nakamura, yeah, but he didn't use it as a finisher. I yeah, don't think. no, it was he didn't. Just a signature move for him. Yeah. So it seems like the uh, in vogue thing to do uh, to give new guys Attitude Era finishers, and uh, I'm just you know I'm just curious as to why this one works for you and that one. Yeah, doesn't. like would you think would you think a people's elbow and a mandible claw would feel the same? Uh, no. But the, like, the, if someone did the rock bottom, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Different because the rock bottom is a urinagi. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. Uh, but so, I don't know. It's there's just a certain tier of moves, I guess, that I don't. And and really, the stunner's almost in a league of its own, to be honest. Especially considering he's being cast in like the exact same role as Austin. Th- that if also. If I'm going to complain yeah. about uh, Hulk Hogan fantasy camp, I shouldn't cast a blind eye to Kevin Owens fantasy camp just because I like it. Hint stunners on a McMahon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> While shouting at them and escaping, running through I the crowd. I do love it though. Like I really do enjoy everything. He's not that's bad going at it. With Owens right now. Yeah, let's talk about Kevin Owens. Uh, do you want to go there now? Because he wasn't on. Uh, oh yeah, Raw. no. Let's stay on Raw. And and, and I will say that was one of my big complaints about the show initially. Is you've got Stone Cold Steve Austin on the show, and you've got a guy who's in the Stone Cold role, hitting the stunner week after week, and you put him in the main event, or maybe not even the main event. You put him on a house show down the road instead of being on a part of this TV. Yeah, but. When we complain also that Raw and SmackDown do not feel separate enough from each other. I was other, just going to say that. It's hard to say that that was the wrong choice. And it's also, you need to save something for the first Fox SmackDown. That's true as well. And if you're going to do this, like, apparently this was their idea for the first SmackDown Fox was to do, you know, bring out all the legends, have The Rock come back, have Austin come back, all that stuff. Like, Austin can still come back, and there's still something for him to do that won't feel like a retread. True. And that's interact on screen with Kevin Owens in a meaningful way. That's – and I think that is – if there's one person on the roster right now that I'd like to see him square up with, promo-wise, I mean, or even just exchanging with, I think Kevin Owens is at the top of that list. For sure. I want to bring us back to the opening of the show, though, Jamo, because we talked about the Usos uh, – but they they got interrupted by uh, the top guys. The Revival come out. They did. And then – Backup for the revival. Here's the Dudley Boys music, and I am very excited because I think the the promise of Devon Bubba, Scott Dawson, and Dash Wilder is an exciting looking team to me. But Bubba's not there. It's just the revival with Devon. Did this feel a little like? Did we need this? Um, no, not. Why really. is Devon with the revival? I don't know. It was never explained in any never way. Never explained, and and like. Not didn't add much in my opinion. Like Devon doesn't really get me out of bed. They I guess. were the heels though of that feud back in the day. But yep. of course, counter to them was Rikishi. So it's not even like you had another element of the. It would have been different if it had been. I guess Christian was on the show later, but he was on the commentary table. I thought they could have done more with Christian too. I thought so too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was good to see Devon, but obviously Bubba's too tied up in Ring of Honor right now to want to appear on. Apparently, he was offered and he turned was. it down. He yeah. was, and so was Jim Ross. Uh, Jim Ross also had the approval of the cons to do it, and he didn't want to. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder why. You would think he would want to be there just to, like chill with Austin, but oh well. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. They, if you're Jr., you probably have some degree of like hard feelings about the way everything went down. I would imagine. Did uh, did I talk about on the show when Rikishi gave a, a speech at the school my mom works at? No. I've heard this story. I, told, I can't remember if you told it on the show Okay, or well, not, the, the short version is Rikishi, I guess I just told the whole story. Rikishi came and gave a speech at the school my mom works at, sort of a help the kids thing. Yeah. And he uh, was working uh, an Abbotsford show with ASW. Yeah, doing like an appearance and signing yeah. and whatever else. 
Uh, Rikishi was wearing the exact same thing on Monday Night Raw that he was wearing at my mother's school uh, about eight months ago. I think he just rolls in that tracksuit 24-7. When he was on the stage at the end of the show and they brought everybody out for the end, he looked like Samoan Dusty. <laughs> he's like, like, oh, totally Dusty dead. Rhodes is on stage, except he's kind of tan. He's calling and, everyone oose. And not dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is yeah. sort of one of the... <laughs> but he the did big... look like Dusty, though, I right? Thought, I thought that's the same thing. But I was just like, is he always in this tracksuit? That was all I could think about. Apparently, he was supposed to do a stink face on somebody but couldn't get uh, medically cleared to even do a stink face. What does wrestling do to these guys, I don't man? Know. <laughs> this guy like poor that, Rikishi. I think that's even weirder than like Pat Patterson not being able to lie down. Is it? I mean, a little bit. <laughs> Let, Maybe not because how does he sleep at night? Let's let's talk about the, yeah, he's just, <laughs> uh, with his shoulders leaned up against the wall but his back lied flat. That's yeah, everybody knows that that is how Pat Patterson sleeps. That's I just a fact. I guess so. I guess so. Let's talk not just about Pat Patterson. Let's talk about the sort of 24/7 title uh, throughout was, this show. That was the way they incorporated a lot of the people into it, which I thought was a good call. Yeah, I wish though that I, I especially enjoyed the boogeyman segment. <laughs> does he look more jacked than ever? Apparently, but I never saw the Boogeyman. Like that's part of my blind okay. spot. He looked yo 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 Monday. I said he looked like a million bucks. And friend of the show Ryan Shap, who some call the third mark, the third mark. Uh, he told me that's always been the case. Like, oh, was he always he's that? Al- he's always looked good. He just can't wrestle. That's the well, problem that, with the Boogeyman. That part I do remember. I, I'll push back on what Ryan said a little bit. And listen, I'm sure there's pictures that can disprove me. He did look more jacked to me on Monday than I remembered him. But it's not like I have any sort of great memory of the Boogeyman besides him eating worms. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that, Boogie Man. Uh, we all appreciate it. The twenty four seven title. I saw some people complaining that Drake Maverick was getting buried throughout the show. I don't really subscribe to that myself. No. What, what about you? I think that it's a huge vote of confidence for Drake Maverick that they recognize what an entertainer he is. That they built a good two thirds of their cameos around him. Yeah. Well, and he's getting to rub shoulders with a lot of these people who you know the audience is there to watch. And look, this is a twenty four seven title. If you're going to bring these people back, especially Briscoe and Patterson, who are former hardcore champions yep. as well, I, you know, say what you will about them not being able to pin or be <laughs> pinned. Just the image of them holding a belt. Just the fact that we have a record keeper, uh, you know, if you look at the list of champions, yeah. it will forever include Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe. How do you not fucking love that? I, I think that's just great. If I set the over-under at seven and a half, yeah. The line is seven and a half. Were you taking the over or under on Drake Maverick 24-7 title reigns? Oh, over for sure. He's got to be at what, four or five already? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, good for Drake Maverick, man. I I, I just wish the one cameo that really stood out, stuck out like a Thor... A Thor thumb? A Thor thumb. That's right. Stuck out like a Thor thumb to that's me. How, that's how the sentence that's is said. That's how we all say Everyone it. Everyone says it that way. Everyone has only ever said it that way. I don't even know why we're talking about it, because <laughs> what else would there be to the, say about the it? The cameo that stuck out like a Thor thumb to me <laughs> Thor thumb. Uh, was the Hurricane. Because oh. I felt like that is a guy that you should have built a 24-7 segment around. Well, Instead duh. of just walking out on stage to be a veteran who is preventing Sami Zayn from walking out on his match with Rey Mysterio. I, I just didn't get this, because Hurricane and Drake Maverick, for those of you who didn't see, had not a match, but had a referee out there, Hurricane, going for the 24-7 title at Comic-Con last week. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they crossed paths. Hurricane was involved with Drake Maverick for that belt. So then he just comes out in this 
what the fuck segment where Sami Zayn and Rey Mysterio. Sami has run his mouth about all the veterans in the back. Ray steps up and says, "You need to respect the people who paved the way for you to be here." Yeah, they get into a, they. Kurt Angle steps in and says, uh, "When I was general manager, we used to settle this sort of thing with a match." Yeah, great. It's like, well, that was what, like eight months yeah. ago that you were yeah, general yeah, manager back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I thought, I thought so. The you know, Ray says, "Oh, you know, we got to respect them." So RVD comes out. Yeah, Sammy, and I'm like, Sammy tries to run away from this match because he's, of course, a cowardly heel. And I go bananas because I start to think, oh, my Lord, are we going to get, like, some sort of physicality between RVD, Rey Mysterio, and Sami Zayn? Yeah, especially when Bubba Ray isn't on the show because of ROH. You've got an impact uh, talent in yep. RVD appearing Title on the challenger. show. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, boy, this is going to be good. And then the hurricane comes out, and I'm like, Okay, so it's not going to be physical, but is this going to be like a TNA alumni sort of thing here? And then comes Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. I was like, what are we doing here? It was, it was like your little uh, noise blower from the beginning of the episode. It was uh, just a goodie bag of veterans. You never knew which one you were going to get. How do you think that is in people's headphones? I think the they hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, think I love it, personally. So well, you keep doing it for me. Maybe just as you're talking, I'll put a bed of this mouth of noise <laughs> uh, right out just for the entire show. You can just monologue, and I'll just... Sure. That'd be probably good. Um, anything else? Well, I guess we've got to talk about this Click DX versus the club segment. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be Ricochet. Ricochet had an elbow injury, and he could not work the show, so that they were made a replacement match, uh, Seth versus... Uh, AJ instead. And look, I don't have a problem with it. I know uh, a friend of the show, Andrew Delbar, or Andrew Delbar, however you say it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, Another guy pissed off about the white caps right yeah, now, though. I can tell you that. Absolutely. Uh, he, he doesn't He doesn't just set the Delbar. He is it's the, the Delbar. Del <laughs> That's absolutely uh, correct. Uh, he was upset because he, I think several people pointed out this inconsistency of Raw 25 Puts, you know, you've got the click out there. They're putting the club over. Yep. It is Anderson and Gallows and Finn Balor, and they're all too sweet in each other. They're putting this stable over. You go to the Japan tour. Triple H is tagging with these guys in Japan. That is putting them over. And this segment was just burying the same guys. However, that's what happens when you turn heel. When you turn a faction heel, suddenly they can't have cool moments anymore. And sort I, I will of. say... <laughs> I really Besides, uh, hang on a second. How about the DX and the Clip? <laughs> How about all heels the that cool, got to have cool yeah, all the cool heels who were in that room at the time. <laughs> all those people. Um, uh, I, I, thought, did, I did really like AJ's trash talk. I thought AJ with the – the club brings out something way more casual in AJ, and it's great. Like him just yelling at Shawn Michaels, you don't think I know where NXT is? Don't make me come down there. That was so funny. So funny. Um, I, listen, I, I know I've been hard on the guy lately, but – Good Lord, Seth Rollins. What was that promo? Talking about how, like, you're not scared of Brock Lesnar and he's funny to you and doing, like, these jokey impressions of him. I, I thought that was really bad. Like, truly bad. But getting to be the Billy Gunn in the DX promo was kind of a fun spot. Uh, it, I think I probably could have had fun with that if I wasn't wondering why Triple H had just come out to help Seth yeah, Rollins. Yeah. Who, if, am I mistaken? Have they crossed paths since Seth Rollins put his wife through a table? Or not? 
but no, had that. No, they haven't. So I understand it was supposed to be Ricochet in that spot, and then at least he can be Daddy Triple H, and it makes some sense he's protecting NXT guy Ricochet. But I will say the last time we saw Triple H, I guess would have been the Saudi show working against Randy Orton. What Triple H was he in that feud? Was he heel Triple H? I can't even so remember. I feel like Randy would be the heel in that match. Yeah, that's and, how I feel, but I could be wrong. And Batista was definitely supposed to be the heel at Mania, but it didn't come across that way. Yep. Uh, so I do think the characterization that we've had of Triple H on the main roster when he has appeared over the course of the last six months has been like NXT Papa Triple H mm-hmm. and not Big Bad Heel. But I do understand your point, which is when you put those two guys together, you do naturally think he is the game, he is the heel. Well, he just is. regardless of alignment, yeah. even if they're both babyface, why, why would he come? They didn't just not have a problem. Triple H came out and saved him. Yes. Like, that's what happened. What? <laughs> like, and commentary said, oh, it's because the, yeah. o- the OC said they're the best faction in history. Yeah, great. Which, can we not call yeah. them the OC? Was that all just a gag for the... Um, oh, they did something with No, their the... t-shirt is built around it. Yeah, but they've made t-shirts for, like, throwaway gags. For Y2AJ was, what, two weeks? I guess, but they, they are not going to call them the club, and they're not going to call them the OGBC. Because what is the B in that say, in that sentence? Bullet. Obviously. But they, they don't want to do that because they don't want to be sued, I guess. Yeah. So they are – they the O in OC stands for – they had three different meanings. <laughs> Original, and then I can't remember the other two. <laughs> Both – it tells you everything you need to know about the name yeah. conventions. Yeah. Uh, but the, the worst thing about it, okay, like the OC is not a very good name for a faction in the first place, but they were like pushing it to an extreme degree. They were commentary s- said it every six seconds. Yeah, like yeah, like fifteen times a minute they were calling them the OC on commentary. It was so annoying. Can I pitch a different name for them? Sure, go. And I want your honest feedback on this. Don't okay. just placate me and say, Josh, amazing name. Wow, another brilliant idea from the brain genius. This is just, you really home run it again. How do you do it? To, don't, don't, yeah, I know that's how you feel generally, but okay. let's, the gun experience. The gun experience. <laughs> uh, can I pitch a different one to you? Well, only once you have to respond to mine and say what you thought of it. That was the deal, remember? Okay. Well, I'm not a big fan of yours. What the, are you kidding? The gun experience. It's like, well, okay. It's well, a little violent. It's, well, a, it's a little you know, bullets is one thing. Guns <laughs> is really okay. Fair overlying. enough. Maybe I did go too far. <laughs> but All right, what's yours? Mine is, okay, so uh, obviously, you know, uh, cartoons are for children. And wrestling <laughs> is also for children. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, you have gun battles in cartoons. Okay. But they don't fire bullets at each other. Yeah, they fire flags. They fire lasers at each other. Okay. Do they? Like G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. Nobody shoots bullets in G.I. Joe. It's all laser guns. Okay, yeah. So what if we called them the Laser Club? I I did gun experience as like a bad joke that I didn't think was good. Laser Club sucks. (laughs) Laser Club? It sounds like like the absolute nerds, which is a tie-in. Yeah. Well, when they're all together, it's the Laser Club. But when it's just Anderson and Gallows, it's (laughs) Laser Tag. (laughs) There you go. Uh, you know what? I gotta say, after our brainstorming session, I'm starting to see how they just went with the OC. <laughs> it's kind of easy to see how around the round table. Maybe it's harder than we're giving it credit for. No, I, I felt the same as you. I might have liked the name more if commentary wasn't like incessantly like, do you get it now? They're called the OC. Mm-hmm. That's their name, the OC. That's the name we call them, the OC. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right, I get it. Um, it was I- really like... 
uh, Hammer doesn't even do it justice for how many times they said no, this fucking no. thing. But I am happy to see those guys together. As much as I didn't like this entire segment, uh, I think it's great having AJ back with those two. AJ is a heel again. And again, it just casuals them up in a way. I, I don't know what it is, but they just he, have a great rapport. He's more relaxed as a heel, I feel. Like. I think that's true. But e- even he's definitely more relaxed as a heel. But even with those guys beside him, I feel like that's just another level. of He's jokier. He's looser. I don't know. I'm way into it. Can I uh, say something before we move on from the reunion show? Yeah, of course. That, that I, is, I think another big reason why I like this show a lot more than Raw 25. Yep. They did a very good job of giving you matches on this show that if you tuned in to see these returning favorites, if you had not watched mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw in 15 years or whatever, however long you've been gone, if you specifically came back to watch the alumni, they gave you a bunch of matches on this show that the casuals and uh, you know the diehards like you and I have seen before. I don't think there was a single fresh pairing on this show except maybe Sammy and Ray. Yeah, I think. Um, but they did more with the matches that they booked on this show to showcase the current talent yeah. and, and the current caliber of wrestling than anything that was on Raw 25. For sure true. And the, then it's on Raw even most weeks. Like, they really went out of their way to give you pay-per-view caliber pairings, whether it was Roman and Samoa Joe. Uh, or let me pause you there for one second. I thought they gave Joe, like, a lot of shine. Backstage walking through these people. Like, I thought Joe, they gave they made sure to go out of the way to give Joe some shine here. Please continue. Like, Seth and AJ, that's a pay-per-view match that we just saw on pay-per-view two months ago. Yep. Uh, the, the revival in the Usos. Like, you know, what was Devon doing out there? I don't know. No, but it was still a fun segment. That yep. was a good TV match. Uh, I can't even remember. I think those were the main. You know, but you go up and down the list of of the matches that they put together for this show, and that geek, like, there's reasons in there. If you are a returning person or a casual just checking in, to be like, oh, like wrestling is actually good right now. Mm-hmm. Like the actual in ring caliber of what we see on a week to week basis is fairly good. And from that show, if you just dropped in and saw those matches, you might be inclined to return in a way that nothing on Raw 25, oh. save for Roman and Miz, which was a very good match. That Was was that on Raw 25? Yeah, that might have been yeah. one of the best TV matches of the year. Yeah, that's weird. I really like that match. But, but other than that, like that whole show was trash, especially yeah. in the ring. Like This went out of its way to give you... like high-caliber pairings to try and lure you into coming back. Totally. Uh, I, I thought it was sort of put SmackDown in a weird place. Uh, like, the, the next night's like, oh, we're just going to a, a normal show. Mm-hmm. But then I thought SmackDown was a great show this week. Yeah, like, I, I agree. And I, we I won't get into a full breakdown here, but, like, the more they want to go with Kevin Owens in this situation, the, the more I'm into it. Like, he's hot right now. Not that he's ever been bad, mm-hmm. but, like, I feel within myself sort of having a resurgence with Kevin Owens. Not that I ever didn't like him. Obviously, I think you and I both I've always maintained that he's one of the most well-rounded guys and all this sort of thing. But I just I just feel like he's kind of clicking right now or like settling in with me in some sort of capacity. Super down. And uh, we got to give kudos as well to Dolph Ziggler. Well, you do. I like I would be shocked if you didn't have anything positive to say about Dolph Ziggler. You would be shocked? I mean, maybe not coming from you, but like <laughs> he was really good this week. And I actually thought he was really good with Miz last week too. There's something about working with the Miz because they are friends mm-hmm. that I feel like we were saying with AJ helps him tap into his naturalistic energy mm-hmm. and be more of the person that he actually is instead of the like verge of crying, yelling heel that he's played for so much of the last decade. I especially thought the promo segment with Shawn Michaels this week was 
excellent. Yeah, I thought that was was really fun in a way too, uh, and nice of Sean to show up on both shows too. And honestly, when when like the commentary was like, "Oh my God, he said it!" After Shawn Michaels was like, you know, you dedicated your whole life to being a a second rate HBK or whatever, mm-hmm. like. I liked that commentary sold it like that because that's what the people at home are saying too. It's Holy true. fuck, he said it. it. And it was nice to hear that. Although I always thought that was giving way too much credit to Dolph Ziggler even back in the day. It, but like, it feels like they're building up some kind of Legends match with him for SummerSlam because we're definitely getting one with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Charlotte versus Trish Stratus. Yep. Uh, I think that's like announced, isn't it? It hasn't been announced, but oh, okay. uh, Paula had the scoop on it. Got it. She definitely teased that she was going to, you know, face someone from another era or whatever. Got it. And then okay. it was announced via dirt sheets later that night. Rumor has it. Um, so that's an exciting match. But I like they keep making Dolph just trash Goldberg. Yeah. So I don't know if we're gonna have a Dolph Goldberg that. match. Please God no. I feel like Please. that would be the worst place to end up out of this because I have no interest in seeing Goldberg at all. Can we... I just... I mean, I, what do I have to do? Who do I have to talk okay, to? Okay, what if... No. What if... <laughs> no! I'm going to convince you that this is good. No, you can't. I will. What if uh, Goldberg kicks Dolph in the head like Bret Hart? <laughs> just ends, ends the old his, career. And ends his career. Well, uh, it's tough to say Goldberg would become my favorite wrestler, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I thought Dolph was very good this week. I'm I am actually intrigued to see where this goes. I think people at home would just be groaning if I t- kicked into a diatribe about Dolph again. I'll, yeah. I'll just succinctly say he could be firing on another level right now, but I I just don't like. Although f- funny enough, the last feud I did like him in was that Miz one and the, mm. the early SmackDown brand split. But it, there's just too many good guys under him for me to have uh, get super invested of in. Course. Yeah, in it's like Mr. it is. Ziggler. Kind of a problem when we are praising Dolph Ziggler and asking where is Andrade. That's where I'm at. You yeah. know, that, that, that and that's sort of totally thing. fair because uh, where is Andrade? But that said, if Goldberg's gonna you know concuss him, mm-hmm. then we make space for Andrade. So maybe this is the long term plan. Yeah, I don't know. I f- I feel like the IC title with uh, Nakamura is heading towards some kind of multi man match for SummerSlam, and and Andrade might be in that mix. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I, I like it's hard to say who Nakamura is feuding with. You know? Yeah, still Finn Balor, I guess. It's, no, but Balor's Balor oh, yeah, ex- no. accepted the challenge of the Fiend, right? Or the Fiend accepted Finn Balor's challenge. Hell yeah, that's gonna be a great match. Uh, that was a fun segment as well. I really liked, uh, like promo Bray. But I will say there was a noticeable drop off in the yeah. uh, backstage promo version of the Funhouse versus the Funhouse itself. Yeah, a pretty sizable drop off. They need to do a better version, uh, a better job of kind of maintaining the look of that set. Yes. I feel like, or just don't do it. Like, or don't do it. I only want to see the. Br- I'm. I don't think Firefly Funhouse has run its course at all yet. I think people would be very eager to hear that theme song again mm-hmm. and see the the full production in the set. I think they need to get back to it. But if your Firefly Funhouse set is like in Bristol or whatever, you knew you were going to do this on the show. Film the Bray Wyatt portion of it on Sunday. Or go in there and shoot six of them. Yeah. And just roll them out as need be. I still would absolutely love to see an episode of Firefly Funhouse get interrupted by the Fiend in ring. I think that would be a, a tremendous bit of storytelling that they could do and is easily enough to pull off. So would really like to see that come to fruition. Yeah. Uh, this is two weeks in a row where SmackDown has not really had time 
to do anything in terms of like actual matches. Yeah, there's very little wrestling. It's been a lot of storytelling segments, and and they're kind of in overdrive to get towards SummerSlam. My question to you is, do you have a problem with that? No, not well. Uh, if you would ask me this at any other time, I would have a problem with it because I like wrestling on wrestling television. But as yeah. it's running parallel to the G1, like something I'm watching just pure wrestling, mm-hmm. I don't mind them as almost a compliment to each other. But that's just to my personal diet. And also, like you know, it's hard to say like, oh, WWE never makes time for. Uh, uh, wrestling matches, especially on SmackDown, when there was a period of SmackDown earlier this year where for a month straight, Almas and Mysterio gave us like a new match of the year every uh, single week. Uh, plus the Kofi Gauntlet match. There, yeah. There's been there's been wrestling. I, I could hear out that... Com- Is it weird for me to say that like TV wrestling matches... I want some on the show, but I don't think I especially notice when there's a lot or a little. Like, I just sort of take in the TV as it is, I guess. Especially on a show like SmackDown that moves along in a pretty good clip. Yeah. It's, it's hard to notice. I would probably notice if I thought it was slow or something wasn't happening. I'd be like, why are we just talking here? But when things seem to be sort of clicking and it's good, it didn't really stand out. In the me. last two weeks, SmackDown's been very, very good. Yeah, I thought, I thought that's certainly true. Yeah. Have you been catching any of uh, New Japan's G1 Climax I ha- tournament? I haven't, and I know you've got some matches that you want to talk about. Before we get there, I sure. want to say one thing about the SmackDown Please, main event yeah. segment yeah, yeah. this week, which is I saw, I heard people on another wrestling podcast <gasps> complaining what? about oh, when by the time the entrances were done oh. and everything was out of the way, you look at the clock, yeah. this match didn't have more than five minutes before the show was going to end. How did you ever think this was going to be a match? You're talking about Kevin Owens and Roman. Yeah, it's the two top baby faces on the show being pitted against each other by the heel they both hate. Why would they fight each other in the first place? Why would it ever be anything more than the two of them just immediately deciding to shit-kick the special guest referee, special guest timekeeper, and special guest ring announcer. I mean, you're preaching the choir here, man. I don't know how you and Mike listen to these guys. Like, I, I, I stopped listening. I haven't listened to it in forever. Um, right. But I did this week just because I wanted to hear the scoop on Trish or whatever. Sure. And I just, like, I couldn't believe... Of all the places to make the complaint that there's no time for quality <laughs> matches, why would you talk about it in a match that was never going to be a real match? Yeah, I, I don't know. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about the possibility that this is the time to turn Roman heel. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back to that one more time and say I feel even more strongly that that is the case. When you look at the way SmackDown is structured right now, he's not even in the top three baby faces on the show. And if he is, he's number three. Who are the top three? It's definitely Owens. Yeah, Owens at top. And then Kofi. Yeah. And then... I guess that's right. Yeah, Roman would be three. But, yeah, but, but, but distant honestly, third. I might even put Finn ahead of Roman right now on the babyface power rankings yeah. of SmackDown. Sure. I don't think that... I'd have to think about it more, but like that doesn't sound super crazy. Yeah. Great wrestler. But, like, if he can't crack the top three baby faces of the quote-unquote B show, and he's clearly not in the top picture on the A show, just turn him fucking heel already. What are we doing here? I think I know what they're doing. Which is? They're waiting six weeks because they're going to do it during Susan G. Cullen month. (laughs) That's. They're going to turn him heel during cancer month or immediately afterwards. No, no. In the ring with the pink ropes. He's, with all of the people who have survived cancer. With all cancer. the ladies. Yeah. He's going to Superman punch one of the cancer Spear survivors. Spear one of them into the turnbuckle. Talk about how it only took him three months to get through cancer. And I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. It seems I hope so. Super likely to do. <laughs> yeah. If we, if we, hey, Bischoff, you know, who knows? It's not. There's, are, you're telling me <laughs> Eric Bischoff hasn't booked crazier shit? <laughs> I can see it happening. Um, I, I it, 
always hard talking about the G1 on the show, I feel like, because I only watch the stuff that is like, very good. You know it's going to be good. And then I, what am I going to do? Come on here and be like, oh, guys, by the way, when uh, Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay get 30 minutes to wrestle, the last 10 minutes are extremely electric and unbelievable. It's like, well, yeah, we all expected that. But even within the expectations of these two being able to put on some sort of crackerjack, I thought I, this weekend you were probably going to do some G1 catch if I, I would imagine. Sure will, yeah. That's got to be right at the top of the list. I thought Ishii and Naito put on something that was – Ishii might just be Mr. G1. Uh, would, did you think that um, Osprey and Okada was better than Moxley Ishii? No. Because, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't, but that that's probably a taste thing. I would say they're probably matches I, of roughly equal caliber. Because okay, I heard that from a lot of people, but I did see the Meltzer stars this morning. What did he say? Mox and Ishii got five. Okay. And uh, Okada and Osprey got five and three quarters. That makes sense. If you would have asked me which one of these matches is Dave Meltzer going to like more, yeah. I'm going to tell you whichever one has Will Ospreay in it. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to ask you which one Josh Custodio likes It'll more. It'll be whichever one has John Moxley. <laughs> so I think that's that's, that's probably fair, where we are. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say, and I'd be curious to know what uh, people hearing this actually have to say on that. Tweet in at Top Marks Pod and let us know which you liked better, Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada. Might even put up a poll on the old yeah. Twitter account. You, you can do that these days? Don't, oh yeah, it's if you like this one, fave it. If you like this one, retweet it. That yeah, sort of exactly. thing. Exactly. Do you exactly. see when people still do that? Boy, it irks me. Yeah, it's, it's like, like obviously the fave one is gonna win. Yeah, like every time, no one wants to retweet anything. Your dumb question, yeah. least of all. Um, but yeah, I. But that isn't to say there's anything wrong with Okada Osprey. It's well worth going out of your way to see, and twofold just as well for for Ishii and uh, Naito. Which, and and again, Ishii just. Last year as well, I thought him and Omega was probably my favorite match of the G1. I think that's probably right, or at least way up there. Now, uh, him and Mox is, is still my, my yeah. odds-on favorite. And we're so. getting Moxley and Naito on Sunday. Oy. That's going to be great. I land back from Edmonton Sunday at, I think, 4 p.m., and I'm just going to like ride the train home and watch Mox versus Naito, which, I mean... That's a dream match. I don't. I don't care who you are. That's a dream match. It is. You, if you said and last year, if I say, "Jmo, we're gonna lend Dean Ambrose over to, uh, to Tetsuya Naito," and guess what? He's not Dean Ambrose anymore. He's trying way harder and totally new style. Doesn't do any of the same moves. I think you'd be like, "Hell well, yeah, yeah, where do I sign?" Yeah, that sounds like something. Like what? That's happening. <laughs> I mean, this is this is very. This is the match of the G one for me in terms. I, I'd be surprised, frankly, if it ends up being the best match of the G one. But for anticipation, seeing these two lock up, you have this. Mean, gnarled, rough, John Moxley, and then just like the smooth, tranquilo, pretty playboy and Tetsuya Naito. Like that, that clash of styles and the story that can be told there is infinitely interesting to me. Right on. I so feel that. I hope you catch up on a, a little bit this week. Shingo, I'm just going to say, maybe not having the G1 I thought he was. I think on the show, I thought he was going to be sort of run away with it and have a bit of a breakout performance. I've liked a bunch of his matches, but none of them have been like, and I've watched each of them so far, and none of them have really been like, ugh, there it is. Well, before we wrap up, uh, you and I joked a little bit last week about how WWE teased this big Daniel Bryan announcement, and what did Daniel Bryan do on the show last week? Nothing. Well, luckily they teased it again, Shane. Yeah, and what did he do on the show this week? Hang on, let me check my notes here. Nothing. Yep. Uh, Once again, nothing. Because maybe they are realizing what you and I realized when we talked about this last week. Moving him to 205 Live right now, not a good move. Yeah. Not a good move for him. Nope. Not a good move for 205 Live. It is bizarre that I am at a point with 205 Live where I would say, this show does not need Daniel Bryan. Yeah. But unless you're going to turn Daniel Bryan babyface again, which I think is the wrong move. I agree. uh, Then 
there is no need for him on that show because, like, the last two weeks in a row, the best match on WWE TV, and you can push back on whether the network is TV or not. No, oh, let's not have that discussion. Uh, has been on 205 Live. Like, it's, I mean, if you're going to count 205 Live as TV matches, I mean, that's probably true for every week going back two years. Um, Maybe not, though. There might be off weeks, but generally speaking, I bet the 205 Live main event is better pure in-ring wrestling. It doesn't have commercials. Like, that's the, true. The, the flow of a match is just so different on television because you're breaking constantly. 205 Live can let a guy go for 25 minutes with no commercial, but it's tough to compete with. But 205 Live has also done a very poor job until recently at giving you a reason to be emotionally invested in anything that happens. Right? No, that's true. Yeah. So that, like, you, that I, plays I think you need a level of investment to be into a match. Definitely true. And I Truer think, now than ever. Oh, absolutely. There's more just bland, great work rate matches going on than ever before. And there was one of them on 205 this week. 205 opened with a tag match between the Lucha House Party mm-hmm. and uh, Umberto Carrillo was tagging with, sorry, Carrillo. Carrillo. Was tagging with uh, some um, Raul Mendoza or something like that. Oh, yeah, Mendoza. Yep, yep, yep. An, an NXT guy who I wasn't terribly familiar with. Um, and it was good. It was, a, it was a fun match, but, like, there was nothing yeah. special necessarily about it. Well, and the bugger is that match could have been flawless, mm-hmm. and you still probably wouldn't have been like, oh, coming unglued because the people you're learning. And it's, and, and it's a lot of, like, working body parts and stuff. Like, it was working over limbs on both sides okay. for quite a bit and then when you're the baby face team and you're really laying into a guy's arms it's like this is heel tactics yeah why are you working this way this makes no <laughs> sense to me uh yeah grand metal leak like meticulously targeting someone's arm for 40 minutes <laughs> that's why we signed them <laughs> it was like what are, what is this it's like oh we can do that uh the the corkscrew over the top rope where he just clips with his finger it's like ah maybe you should work a limb it was a really good match though i'm sure and then there was a uh the show opened with a story segment between uh w- you know with the match that has the lofty task of following these last two main events the main event this week was uh isaiah scott Yep. Uh, Swerve Scott, who is, of course, Swerve, Shane Swerve, Strickland Swerve. of Tacoma, Washington. Our is he from Tacoma? Boy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Swerve. That worked, explains why he's on Defy so much, actually. Against Drew Gulak. And they had a hell of a match in the main event. Cool. Uh, I, it was not as good as Gable Gallagher, but how? Yeah. Like nothing is. I mean, if you told me at the end of the year Gable Gallagher was the best match that happened on 205 Live, that would sound about right to me. It was it, fantastic. It, I thought it was truly great. The main event next week will be an unsanctioned street fight. Mike Kanellis. Mike Kanellis taking on Drake Maverick. I'm into it. And I, ha- I was actually impressed with the way they took the cartoonish storylines that both guys are in on Raw and used it to serious them both up on 205 Live. Yeah. Because Mike is out there as an ass kicker trying to impress his wife <laughs> and uh, Drake Drake oh. is trying to prove that he's not a joke. Well, how does he how does he impress his wife? Does he kick some ass or does he rub no stretch mark lotion who, who on her well, stomach? Let's, let's, not, let's pretend that that's not happening. <laughs> Why don't we get into a little bit of the... Uh, uh, how are you doing for time? Uh, we got about, when do you have to be out of here? Uh, I could push it for another 14 minutes. Yeah, we got it. Okay. We're good. Then let's start with the t-shirt champion at Bufferosi. Another play over to the Top Marks Wrestling Fan. Maybe I should change my uh, my bio to Top Marks Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. That's all the difference. And here he is trying to get, what I have to do is, Boofer, I don't know why he asked this. I assume he just wants me to get you know one of those cattle guns into my head from the listeners as he asks, who is a better wrestler, El Fantasmo or Orange Cassidy? Why don't you field this one, Jamo? Why don't <laughs> it's El Fantasmo? Oh, I don't agree with that. 
Orange Cassidy? Oh no, he's the Orange Cassidy is the greatest wrestler on earth. There, his matches are all super different, and uh, there's no one better look, than Orange Cassidy. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to get to a place where, <laughs> you know, we're in the same positions that we ha- had. You know, you and I drew our battle lines pretty early in doing this podcast on certain wrestlers, whether that was yeah. Dolph Ziggler or Finn Balor or yep. Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose. Yep. It was like, well, this guy likes him so much that I'm going to pretend that I hate him that much more. That's right. But, but I'm like, I don't want to do I know! that with Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I love Orange but Cassidy. But the way these guys push him like he's the greatest <laughs> thing in wrestling. It's you, insanity. You can't not go all the way back in the other direction. JMO, I, if I could only triple down on what you're saying, but the scarcely seen triple down, because it, it is making me like Orange Cassidy less. And that's silly, because he is very good, objectively best, very good. He's the best comedy wrestler on earth right now. When I see Orange Cassidy on a card, I want to watch that match. But then when people tell me if they could only watch Kazuchika Okada matches or Orange Cassidy matches going forward for the rest of their life... And they pick... Orange Cassidy. I can't help but lose respect for yeah, these people. Yeah, what the hell are you talking what are about? What are you watching? What the hell? It's almost like we all have different tastes. Uh, James, how about the next question here from the previously? Man? I just don't even think, like, they talk about him like he's this great innovator. He's like, no, he's just doing the same fucking... It's Kikataru stuff. Exactly. It's, it's like, when he... Go, like, the chop spot he does, folks, I got some bad news for you. That ain't Orange Cassidy's. Exactly. So, we'll go from there. That's, this guy understands. This guy understands, but I'm pointing at you, not me. He was pointing <laughs> at me, not himself. And now we're both pointing in our reflections at the TV, saying that we know what we're talking about. For Spider-Man. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Pointing me, that was very good. Uh, The third Mark sends one in. It's Ryan at Shap Top, and he asks, (laughs) "Oh boy, did you see this one? No. Would you rather (laughs) drive home with an USO after a night out, (laughs) (laughs) or team up with CM Punk in a legal battle?" Ooh. Well, I mean, I'm I'm more likely to die with the USO, right? I'm already poor. What's going into the legal battle with CM Punk going to do to me? Uh, yeah. He's going to sue me and I'm going to have to claim bankruptcy? I mean, I guess that... See, yeah. Not a lot of difference from how things are going for you otherwise. Yeah, I mean, you're starting Mm. from zero. And at least I get to hang with CM Punk for a minute. Yeah, I don't know. I would rather... I'd probably pick the Uso one, I guess. Just for, like, if you made it home, it'd be a fun ride kind of thing? Yeah. And he hasn't crashed, has he? No. Because some people maybe are just good at drinking and driving. Yeah, I mean, you never know how intoxicated <laughs> he really is, too, right? Yeah. And may- maybe it's been published and he's way over the limit, but he could just be a smidge over, and then it's like, yeah, it's fine. But what about twice? The first time I'm there, but twice? Uh, yeah, he's got to hurry back to Naomi or whichever it, of the this two is, Usos it was. You know who the true loser in this situation is? Who? The Uso that isn't with the DUI because no one can tell. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, there's the guy who's drinking and driving and poor Jimmy or Jay. It wasn't me. Was, oh, yeah, sure. Okay, Shaggy. Okay, I would much rather get a ride home with an Uso than with Jeff Hardy. I'll put it that <laughs> That's, way. I mean, something we can fully agree on. That's, that one's not even close. Uh, next one here, Madman, comes to us from in front of the show, The Zoobs. The Zoobs. At the underscore Zoobs, and he sort of asks, talk me out of Mox winning the B block. No, I won't do that. Um, yeah, you know what? Like, Mike presented his fantasy booking of the G1 final being Mox versus Okada. I don't see it. I, I'm into it. Oh, I would love it. I, I still think it's going to be the Naito Ibushi trilogy. Really? I don't know how they get around it. Yeah, maybe. Opposite blocks, both at 10 points. I don't know. True. But like, Okada Moxley, I want them both to win their blocks because that match, I'm getting Mox uh, Okada or Mox Naito 
the other one that I must see is him and Okada. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're deliberately keeping those guys apart for a little while, and he gets sort of his Jericho role of coming back next year for a big show for like an off non-title fight with Okada. I don't know. I just think the idea of Moxley being undefeated in New Japan is like a a big thing right now. Yeah, and true. And the longer that it goes on within the tournament that that stays true, the bigger it seems. Very true. So if you want to hold that all the way to the final, then I think him winning B-Block is actually a pretty good choice. We love big fucking Mox. We sure do. Next question to us this week comes JMO from... Unless he's working big Jeff Cobb. That's, well, I said no further questions. Uh, from the Matt Rainus Slayer at Bwilbs05. I believe that is Matt's friend that he said he was going to kill, which is what got him banned from Twitter. <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I guess that name makes sense. That's absolutely hilarious. Uh, and he asks, what would be a bigger push for, for Black? I assume means Aleister Black here. What would be a bigger push for Aleister Black? Winning the heavyweight title at Mania or beating the Demon with no title? I mean, obviously winning the heavyweight title, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he is like this, there is a supernatural element to the character. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question would be, which would be a bigger deal for him beating the demon or beating the undertaker? It doesn't sound like we're getting the demon in this fiend match. Yeah, no. It's going to be Finn versus fiend. What a shame. Uh, so the demon will remain undefeated. Is, is it a huge thing to be the demon's first loss? Uh, if uh, for Alistair Black. Yes, but not more than being the WWE Heavyweight yeah, Champion. Yeah, because Especially when, as we ranted last week about the Universal title, the World Championship still means more than for the sure. Universal. So Jeez. it is the top belt in the company. And uh, yes, I would say it would be a bigger deal for Alistair Black to hold that title. For well, and sure. that's that's not to discount beating the Demon. That is a big deal. But when when you and I are like, oh, we'd love to see this guy get a push. Mm. I mean, legitimately, the biggest thing they could do is it's put it's, the they title. call it put yeah. the belt on him. Exactly. <laughs> like that's, so uh, the question it's tricky because I do think there's a lot to be gained, particularly for Alistair Black's character in beating the Demon. But you've given the other option of literally the biggest push a guy could get. So yeah, I, ha I have to go with the title, especially there. winning it at Mania. Yeah, yeah, that that's a whole other thing. So and now the man he slayed asks. Us, the, the most powerful listener, Top Marks 2018, Hot Matt Summer at Rat Manus. Rat Manus. Not the same guy as the most no, powerful not listener. Not even different, close. different person. This guy has a mustache. It's yeah. completely. So Matt is actually disqualified from being in the running for Correct. most powerful listener of 2019. And Rat sure isn't going to win it with these takes. But, but Rat, he is in the running, I have to say. Well, I mean. Insofar as he exists, which Matt Rainus doesn't. Exactly. But some of the takes, I mean, he's disqualified well, already. Well, let's hear it. What's the question? I would ask you to pick two wrestlers to reproduce and create the perfect wrestler, but Andrade and Charlotte are already on that. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> so choose two wrestlers to reproduce and create someone who could be president. Ooh. So Sammy's got to be the, the male component, yes? Um, I'm going to go Cody Brandy. Oh, I don't know. I don't think Cody has good politics. Uh, he might not. I, I think Sami Zayn is a much safer presidential genetic call than Cody Rhodes. I, I just think those the are... The American nightmare. That's a, those are two uh, attractive people. No, well, I, I mean, the, I, I want a hot president for sure. Yeah, I feel you there. And there would be a biracial president. Okay, yeah, you're warming me up. And Brandy certainly seems like she's progressive. Yeah, I would agree. And, uh, you know, yeah, all roads lead to the White House. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, so you're going with, with Cody and Brandy. I'm going to go with... With Sami Zayn, and who's who's a very woke uh, female wrestler? I know Nikki Cross is, but I, it's hard for me to picture them as a couple, if I'm being honest. Fair, the, yeah. you know, there's a little, like you say, I need, you know, the, the odd couple thing. Too tall, too short. 
And it's a shame, you know, him and, uh, like, Balor couldn't reproduce. Um, do you know if who has good politics in women's wrestling? I bet not Charlotte. That would be something I would, I would guess. I bet Becky probably does. Yeah! Give me, give me two redheads. Give me two people who wrestled with each other in the Mixed Max Challenge. Give me two people who, when they promo together, are extremely fun. Give me two people who, one of them, started to push for the Becky Lynch heel turn. Give me Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch. Give me two people who have worn disguises coming out of the audience. Absolutely correct. And takes her away from Seth Rollins, the bum. So uh, <laughs> it's win, 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 as we call it. A couple more here, J-Mo, and we'll head off for the week. Uh, and by a couple more, I mean literally one more as we're going to go home on a Cullen Classic tonight as John Cullen at Cullen the Comic asks. Raw reunion, you get picked for some reason. How does he always do it? You get picked for some reason to do a segment with any WWE legend you want. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be one featured this week. The segment goes amazing. Anyone who saw it thought it was fantastic. Your friends will love you forever for it. Fans will approach you at random times and on Twitter to tell you how good it was. But backstage, the wrestler secretly hates it. They think you were awful, and they ream you out for it. So while everyone else loves it, you live with the knowledge that a wrestling legend that you chose hates you for life. Do you do it, and who do you choose? Oh, it's easy for me. Oh, yeah? I'll go CM Punk. No. I could I could live with the fact that CM Punk hated I me. Guess, I kind of see what you're like saying. I feel like he hates everyone. I see what you're so saying. So it'd be like a badge of honor that this fucking asshole thinks Whoa. I'm a dickhead. I need to push back on CM Punk being an asshole once again. I think if you look at his actions throughout time, they they all but all but point to a very good man. He's someone that I like enough that I would want to be in the segment yeah. with him. It would be a huge deal because he's coming back and being on Raw again. True. And if he hated me, I wouldn't take it personal because he hates everyone. I actually think it's a good answer. Yeah, I get what you mean. I, I still, I think I'd have. Like, it's weird because I'm sure CM Punk would not like me. Like, yeah. what, what would he like about me? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, like, I was thinking of the people who were on the show this week, who would I pick? Yeah. And I was like, Pat Patterson would be fun. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, it would eat me up that Pat Patterson thought I was shitty. Imagine, like, Foley. Like, that's yeah. where my mind was. Like, I straight up do not want Mick Foley reaming me out. Yeah. Like, I, I would feel very sad but about like, that one. getting yelled at by CM Punk seems like a badge of honor. Now, what if it's just a shitty legend? What if it's, like, HBK? It's like I don't give a shit if Shawn Michaels doesn't let the Christian asshole yeah. like yeah all right I don't like you either. Yeah, it's worse when it's like someone who's good and like seems nice and funny, right? That's like, the thing. Like if Big Show hated. Oh, you. or even like Austin. Surprised Big Show wasn't on the show this week. Yeah, I am too. Actually, now that you mention it, uh, my answer is going to be The Rock, though. Okay. Uh, because I think me in the ring with The Rock is something that just seems like Im- so impossible. E- all of these are obviously so impossible, but but The Rock even seems a tier above that. And he's such an A-lister and so big. Like, the Rock getting mad, in my mind, is just like him cutting a promo and calling me a jabroni. And it's like, all right, this does suck, but like I'm getting one torn off me by The Rock. Like this is this is not bad. Like mm. I think I could live with it. So I'm gonna go with The Rock because it seems like the trade-off between it's the new ambassador of Voss Water. Did you see that? <laughs> no, today? really. He's the new global ambassador, brand ambassador, or something of that big circular tube yeah. fancy water. Well, that actually makes me like him more because uh, stay hydrated 2019. Well, that actually makes me feel like oh, okay, this guy could yell at me and I wouldn't mind it so much because. <laughs> He's the figurehead of this $20 a bottle of water or whatever. I can He's even... lost touch with the common man like me. Have you seen like when gas stations sell that? It's like a glass bottle. It's like $5.99. Like, who is buying this? Yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense. 
Jim, well, that's it for this week's episode of Taunt Marks. Yeah, you blew the uh, the whistle there yeah. to signify <laughs> the end of the show. That's what everybody knows that it means. <laughs> Not that we started the show with yeah. it. I mean, you did say it was the end of the show when you blew it the first time, that's 30 true. seconds in. How did I do? Because I'm feeling bad right now. Oh, like, I thought I this was a fun one, man. We had All some right. good laughs. All right, I'm not. I didn't drag it down too bad. No, you were great. All right, thanks. How was I? All, always great. Oh, I appreciate it's, that. It's only a deviance in my performances that the de- designates if it's a good episode or not. No, you know, I'm I'm glad I gave you the platform to kind of go in on the white caps a little Thank bit. Thank you. And, I'm glad for uh, that too. And I'm I don't know if the listeners are glad that that happened, but I you know what? So. It's our show. We could do whatever we want. Yeah, and I did need to exercise that. Maybe that's why I'm sick, holding in this anger towards uh, the club that I used to love mm-hmm. so much. Uh, if you want to hear more of this, you can always head over to patreon.com slash topmarks, back catalog, all that good stuff. We set it off the top. If you don't want to do that, please go rate, review the show on the iTunes store, or not the iTunes store. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. I, listen, I guess I can't even ask them to do it, because I don't know how to do that. Yeah. and Or you could just tell people yeah. about the show. How about a retweet? Yeah. And if you don't want to do any of those things, then go fuck yourself. <laughs> what the hell? We're doing this for you every week, giving you the entertainment that you demand, and you won't even do a simple thing like that for your boys? What the fuck? Like, how dare you? What is wrong with you that you won't do that? I can't believe you. Pepperoni sticks! Say yeah! We talked about it already, but yeah. the, the art of self-defense, anything you'd like to... Uh, just a tremendously uh, funny movie. Hilarious. I couldn't believe how funny some of the parts were, honestly. It's, well, a, it's, it's very unreal. Like it's, it's a very cartoonish satire of toxic masculinity yeah. and the aggressiveness of like male culture, I guess. I, yes. I, I was discussing it with my friend Rory Dunn, and he actually like really nailed a comparison that I like, that he said that it feels like the healthy answer to Fight Club. In yeah, a way. there's definitely a Fight Club element to it for sure. But also, don't like these are great overreaching themes that I agree with, but just an entertaining, well-paced, well-scored, a lot of just light piano, a pretty quiet movie. Very funny jokes. But, I mean, the nice thing about going to see a movie with the Madman is, as I'm sure listeners of the show know, is you have a, a boisterous laugh, right? And sometimes you'll hear, Justin will laugh first at something, and the theater will sort of catch up. It's so our theater was very alive last night. There and, are uh, times, though, when I'm the only person in the theater who laughs at certain Well, jokes. that is, there, there was a, no spoilers, but there was something that happened. Although the movie is interesting, because... There were moments that played for humor to some parts of the audience, but played very serious to me. Like, there were pockets that were laughing, but I was taking seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the crying scene, I can say that without a spoiler. Like, that played kind of, like, emotionally heavy to me, where some people were uh, laughing at But I could understand that, too. Just a really interesting movie uh, if you're into good movies. Yeah. Uh, movie one, of the, one of the best movies of the year. Totally agree. I have a hard time putting it ahead of Avengers and John Wick 3. Mm-hmm. In terms of like how much I personally enjoyed a movie, sure. but I also am fully aware that it is a better movie than either of those. Yeah, two. it's 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 why it's why like bests and worsts are just like such a tricky realm to navigate. It's like how do you even begin to just have the dialogue of like Endgame compared to the art of self defense? Yeah. It's like I don't even know. They're playing such different games. Yeah, it'd be like comparing. I don't. I don't even know. So, uh, I'm not going to bother with some stretch bad analogy. I'm just going to abandon this one. It would be like comparing uh, Roman versus Kevin Owens in a five-minute main event to uh, Okada Osprey. And there we go. Goodbye. Whew.